It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. Port, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Day 19, the investigation protocol. After the internal report comes in and you have properly triaged the matter, you need to scope out and investigate it promptly and thoroughly with competent personnel. In the 2020 update, it provided these series of questions about your internal investigation. How does the company determine which complaints or red flags merit further investigation? How does the company ensure that investigations are scoped properly? What steps does the company take to ensure investigations are independent, objective, appropriately conducted, and properly documented? How does the company determine who should conduct an investigation and what makes that de- who makes that determination? Under investigative response, does the company apply timing metrics to ensure responsiveness? Does the company have a process for monitoring the outcome of investigations and ensuring accountability for the response of any findings or recommendations? Under resources and tracking of results, are the reporting and investigation mechanisms sufficiently funded? How has the company collected, tracked, and analyzed and used the information from its reporting mechanisms? How does the company periodically analyze the reports or investigations finding or patterns of misconduct or other red flags for compliance weaknesses? What does the company periodically test regarding the effectiveness of the hotline, for example, by tracking a report from start to finish? Your company should have a detailed written procedure for handling any complaint or allegation of bribery or corruption, regardless of the means through which it is communicated. The mechanism could include the internal company hotline, anonymous tips, or a report directly from the business unit involved. You can make a decision on whether or not to investigate consultation with other groups, such as the audit committee of the board of directors or the legal department. The head of the business unit in which the claim arose may also be notified that an allegation has been made and the compliance department will be handling the matter on a go-forward basis. Through the use of a written, detailed procedure, you can work to ensure there is complete transparency on the rights and obligations of all parties once the allegation is made. This allows the compliance team to not only have the flexibility but also the responsibility to deal with such matters from which it can best assess and then decide how the matter can be managed. Indeed, there are a variety of factors around giving credit to corporate investigations, including did management, the board, or committees consisting solely of outside directors oversee the review? Did company employees or outside persons perform the review? If outside persons, have they done work for the company? If the review is conducted by outside counsel, had management previously engaged such counsel? How long ago was the firm's last representation of the company? How often has the law firm represented the company? How much in legal fees has the company paid the firm? One approach is the following investigation protocol. Number one, opening and categorizing the case. Two, planning the investigation. Three, executing the investigation plan. Four, determining appropriate follow-up. And five, closing the case. If you follow these basic protocols, you should be able to work through most investigations in a clear, concise, and cost-effective manner. Further, you should have a report at the end of the day, which should stand up to later scrutiny if a regulator comes knocking. Finally, you should always be able to document, document, document not only these steps, but why you took them and the outcome obtained. So what are some detail on the five steps? Number one, the first step is opening and categorizing a case once 
a complaint has come in. You should notify the relevant individuals, including those on your investigative team and any senior management. Thereafter, you should assemble your investigative team for preliminary meetings and assessment. Two, planning the investigation. After assembling your investigative team, determine the required investigative tasks. This would include document review and interviews. If hard drives need to be copied or documents put on hold or sequestered in any way, or the relationships need to be analyzed through a relationship software program or keyword search, this should also be planned out. Three, executing the investigation. Under this step, the investigation should be completed. I would urge that the interviews not be affected until all documents are reviewed and ready for use in the interviews. Care should be taken to ensure that the appropriate upjohn warning is issued and the interviewee clearly understands whom is performing the interview represents the company and not the person being interviewed. Four, determining appropriate follow-up. At this step, the preliminary investigation should be complete and you are ready to move in the final phases. In some investigations, it is relatively easy to determine when the work is essentially complete. You should then move to a committee or group to decide on the appropriate disciplinary steps or other action to be taken. The step should be completed in under a week. Five, closing the case. Under this final step, communicate the investigative results to the stakeholders and complete the case report. Everything done in the first four steps should be documented, stored. What are today's three key takeaways? Number one, a written protocol created before an investigation is a key starting point. Number two, create specific steps to follow so there will be full transparency and documentation going forward. Three, consistency is critical to any investigation. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. I hope you will join me for the entire month of January where I take a look at some of the significant changes in compliance and FCPA enforcement which occurred in 2020 and will help inform your compliance program going forward into 2021 and indeed beyond. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.